Digital Marketing Radio, episode 134. How do you choose the right social network for your business? DigitalMarketingRadio.com Today's episode is brought to you by Aweber. Build your email list, engage your subscribers, do email the right way. I've arranged a special deal for all Digital Marketing Radio listeners, and that's a 60-day free trial with the email marketing software provider I use, Aweber. Lock in your 60-day free trial plus view a video that I've recorded on the three reasons why I use their service at aweber.com slash DMR. So just go to aweber.com slash DMR to get started today. The Big Interview with David Bain. I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at digitalmarketingradio.com. I'm joined today by a 20-year digital marketing veteran, someone whose sixth book, Mindful Social Marketing, How Authenticity and Generosity are Transforming Marketing, is set to be released in the near future. She's the founder and CEO of Tattoo Digital Media. Welcome to DMR, Janet Fouts. Thanks, David, very much. It was the word I didn't practice beforehand that I tripped up on, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, you can find Janet over at uh, janetfouts.com. So it's Janet, uh, F-O-U-T-S.com, isn't it, Janet? Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So, Janet, how many social networks should a business be on? You know, I don't think everybody needs to be on every single social media network. In fact, I don't think anybody can be. Even I'm not. You know, I'll sign up for all of them and I'll try them. And then I'll decide if they're valuable to me or not. And that's really the point is where is your market? Who do you want to talk to? And where are they having conversations? Instead of everybody coming and telling you, you have to have Facebook. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have to have Twitter. Maybe you don't have to have Blab. Though I think you need to have Blab. (laughs) So you decide um, if it's valuable or not. How do you actually determine if it's valuable or not? You determine if it's valuable or not by whether people are having conversations there that you can relate to and that you can communicate with. If nobody's talking on the network that you've chosen about topics that you want to talk about, it's kind of pointless because you're a tree in the forest at that point. So you really want to think about where are people talking about the things that I want to talk about and what do they want to know? What do they want to hear and then take a mindful approach to how you're going to have that conversation with them. I reckon the the line in terms of what's a social network and what isn't is just probably blurring a little bit because we're in Blab at the moment recording this live and we've got a conversation, uh, hopefully a little bit of a conversation going um, next to us. So is Blab a social network? Yeah, absolutely. I think Blab is an amazing social network because beyond, you know, we're having this podcast and it's a conversation with the two of us, but we also have the ability to have a conversation with the people that are watching and they can have conversations amongst themselves. And then after the Blab, you know, we may reach out to them and have conversations after that as well on other social networks. So I really think it's a very uh, central point as a social media network. Yeah, we've got um, MBTI in the uh, chat saying, uh, be where your target audience is and synergy. Burgess um, CT um, saying Blab's a great Twitter leverage um, capability resocial. And it's, it's, it's wonderful integrating these, these things together and actually um, getting people actually sharing it on Twitter while we're here on Blab. And that's, that's real viral marketing, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's just so cool what Blab has done for Twitter because it allows us to have these deeper conversations, which has been one of the downsides of Twitter for many people that, you know, the conversations are short, they're staccato, a lot of people don't get it. Here they can carry on the conversation on that network and and have really great engagement. So are are there any other shiny platforms you've got your eye on at the moment apart from Blab? You know, I think this is my big shiny. I I had a little affair with Periscope for a while, but I got kind of bored with it because I really thought that it was a broadcasting tool rather than a conversation tool. And I'm much more interested in in conversation tools. For me, Twitter is my be-all, end-all network. Um, I like Google+. I liked Google+, but I I really think that... Yeah. You know, because the conversations have changed there. I still use it. I still love it. But, uh, you know, Twitter's Twitter's the one that I love the most. My oh, favorite child. I was I, I was going to ask you about Google Plus, actually, because you actually wrote a book on Google Plus for business. Um, but, but that obviously past tense means that you don't think Google Plus is as important as it used to be. I kind of tell people not to get that book now because when <laughs> I wrote it, it was three years ago and it's really completely outdated. Google Plus changed and morphed and continuously change so much that really getting a print book on it is kind of silly <laughs> even though i wrote this stupid book <laughs> i wrote a book don't get it that's a bad idea yeah to buy don't it. get yeah, so. that book get my new book don't it's, get it's, book. it's a tough genre you've actually chosen to write book beaks mm-hmm. books about isn't it because um things change so quickly maybe you should uh, change your career <laughs> to something that doesn't change as quickly <laughs> well most of what i do is blog and teach so that's a lot more fun and it, it gives me a lot of opportunities to really roll with the changes, which is what excites me about social media. Got you, got you. So with a platform like Blab, do you think that every business leader now needs to be on social media? Or is it still appropriate for some businesses just to rely on a social media manager to to manage things on their behalf? I think there's a lot of place for social media managers because after all, it's what they do and they know how best to reach a market if they understand the market it's very, very important that they have a very close relationship with the business itself and how they're, they want to communicate, what they want to communicate, to be able to get content and have a contact there that they can talk to. Uh, you know, I say that from we are a social media management company, so I'm not going to diss them. But, you know, I really think it's hugely important that there's communication there. And a lot of times there isn't. And just having some social media manager run all of your social completely in a vacuum, that's just stupid. We've got Burgess um, CT asking a question in the chat saying, uh, do you think Periscope could be the preview mechanism of your Blab? I suppose it could be that. Um, It's a case of um, how many social platforms do you want to be on? What do you think of that one, Janet? You know, for me, Periscope is more of a lecture platform. Uh, It's easy enough. You get some chat going on on Periscope. But for me, it's very hard to follow and talk at the same time. Uh, I find it easier on Blab. But I think you could certainly do, uh, you know, a preview show. Hey, here's what we're going to be talking about. And, and here's the subject matter. And let's, let's get some ideas. And then take the ideas from the comments and bring it into the Blab conversation. That could be really fun. Okay, right. I'd like to talk a little bit about content as well. The the content type that seems to be working really well in terms of publishing it either on your blog or in social media now. Um, so I mean, what type of content do you like publishing on a regular basis and actually really see resonating with people um, on a social media network? 
Well, you know, for me as as a teacher, all of my content is pretty much teaching people how to use tools, how networks work, different strategies that they can use. And so I'm really more about actionable items and how to use things than I am, ooh, social media is really great. You should do that. I mean, we've had enough of that, right? Yeah. I think people are pretty bored with that. So for me, it's more, okay, great. We understand that it's great, but how are we going to use it? What are we going to do with it? And I think that kind of content that people find really useful as opposed to um, dictatorial is maybe a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's um, making businesses ensure that, or good businesses ensure that their products are fantastic because um, good businesses are aware that their customers will start talking about what they do. And um, the, the, the not so good businesses will obviously have people talking about um, them in a negative way as well. Um, yeah. So it, it, it should should be a way to actually hopefully ensure that business is, is done better. Um, is, is, is that something that, that you teach businesses as well? Yeah, we really do. We, te- we like to teach that you should be listening. Even if you decide that Twitter isn't the network for you, you should be listening on it. You should be using tools like BuzzSumo, for example, to really get into what people are saying about you, what they're talking about, what kind of issues they're having maybe with your product or your competitor's product that you can then build on. So using those kind of tools is what I call listening, but it's really, you know, doing a lot of searches and finding out what are people engaging with? What do they care about? What are they talking about? And how does that apply to you? You can do that on any network and you don't have to participate on the network to listen on the network. So, I mean, listening, engagement, sharing great content. Is it possible to actually sell directly on social media as well? Or is that not an ideal place to do that? It's totally, you know, there's a lot of um, information out there about how people are using social media and in particular Twitter and LinkedIn as ways to connect with people and make sales. But it isn't about, here's my product, it's really great, you have to buy it. It's about, hey, I've got a really great product, it solves all of these problems, and how can I help you? And when you use that generosity and you really become a person to someone, then they're going to buy something from you. But they're not going to do it if all you're doing is hitting them over the head with your product. That's just not going to work for them. Okay. So you subscribe to Gary Vernichuk's formula of jab, 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 right hook then after that. Perhaps. I guess so. <laughs> okay. I'm I gonna, guess so. I'm going to try this word again to see if I can pronounce it this time. So your book talks about authenticity and generosity, um, mm. uh, are the fact that they're actually transforming marketing. So, so what do you actually mean by that? Well, I think that, you know, right now with social media networks, we know who you are. You know, you can't hide behind, uh, you know, an inauthentic brand persona because sooner or later we're going to figure it out and then we're going to out you and it's going to be really ugly. So stop doing that. Just be who you are. I had a discussion the other day with someone who said, well, you know, my voice is kind of edgy and, you know, I tend to be kind of snarky. Well, if that's who you are, then that's who you are. So, be that person so that when I meet you in our first sales negotiation or at a conference, I'm not shocked by what a jerk you are. I'm already used to that. And so, you know, it's part of your persona. Let that be who it is. And if it feels inauthentic, it's much harder for us to connect and much harder for us to trust. And trust is everything, right? When we want to market to people or sell. 
So if you work for a large company and you have an existing personality for the brand, is it right um, for you as an individual to inject your own personality into it? Um, Or in that situation, do you need to adhere to a brand persona a bit more? It really depends on if you are the persona for the company or not. If you are the CEO for the company, yeah, sure, put your personality in there. If you are a social media manager representing the company, then you need to absorb the corporate culture of the brand itself. What is their voice like? How do they adapt? How do they converse? And you need to be able to reflect that because in the end, they're not going to do business with you. They're going to do business with the company. And you want people to understand what that means. And I guess a good social manager would actually feed back what customers were saying and attempt to advise directors on a better direction with regards to brand voice. Certainly, certainly. I mean, that's part of the job of a good social media manager is to keep an eye on what's going on out there and how people are communicating and what their voice is. What is the voice of your customer? How do they communicate and how can you adapt to fit that without being inauthentic. Okay. Well, what's the future for the big social networks? Do you think that Twitter and Facebook are still going to be around the Goliaths of social media for years to come? Or are they going to be surpassed for new networks that are up and coming? You know, I think these things come and they go. I really think that people are tired of changing networks every five minutes. And so they're less quick to adopt new networks unless they're really exceptional. So I think that people are going to be dropping networks and tightening up where they communicate and really going towards the ones that they gravitate towards, the ones that work for them. You know, what everybody has a different way of communicating. Some people like to be on video. Some people don't want to be on video. Some people like short staccato conversations. Some people like long form conversations. So it really depends on what's going to work for them in how they communicate best. And then they're going to gravitate towards that and they're just going to forget about their other networks. What if you're in a business where the majority of your customers are on a network where you don't personally love to communicate on? <laughs> is that just tough? <laughs> that is a big problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, And you need to find somebody either within your organization or externally who does like that network. You know, we work with people all the time that maybe they get Facebook or maybe they get Twitter or maybe they get LinkedIn, but they're not really good at all the networks. It's very rare for anybody to be really great at all the networks universally. Everybody has a different way of communicating. So you may have to have a couple of people that that communicate on different platforms and agree about the messaging. Okay, well, uh, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's going. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what software do you currently use in your own business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Sprout Social. Wow, that was a quick uh, reply there. Is, is that your absolutely go-to social media management platform for every type of business? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Um, It's because of the tracking. I can get really amazing statistics and data out of Sprout Social that I can't get from my other tools in an aggregated form without spending tons of money, which is why I started with it in the first place. But then I kind of started using the tool more and more, and I've actually moved away from other similar tools like Hootsuite, and I stick with Sprout Social because it solves a lot of problems for us. 
and it's very easy to use. So I love that. And I also love Buzz, Buzz Sumo, which I mentioned earlier, mm. as a social listening tool. It's I, super. And is, is Sprite Social more for you as a kind of social media expert and, and, and consultant? Or is it also appropriate for, you know, mid-level businesses? Or do you think, you know, for most businesses, dealing natively on, on social uh, media platforms is, is adequate for their needs? Well, if you promise not to tell anybody, I will tell you this, that uh, I use one account for Sprout Social and my admins all have my login. So uh -huh. I don't spend for every single one of our accounts the entire thing. I compartmentalize because that's how we work best. And my admins have been with me for a very long time, so I trust them. Well, uh, here's a slightly more challenging question, and that's what piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Oh, that is a harder question. You know, there are quite a few, there are very few tools that I haven't tried. I I take, I do the demos on everything. Uh, you know, there's some of them that I really wanted to like, like um, Community, which is a Twitter community management tool. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. I really don't need it. I tried it. I did the demo. I think I paid for a year and I'm not using it now. So, which is kind of typical. I, I try all the toys. <laughs> okay. So that's a, that's a really tough question. That's floored you that one. <laughs> it kind of has. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, if it comes up, somebody offers me a demo or I'll go pay for it for a month and find out, you know, do I like this? Is it going to work for my clients? And, you know, if it doesn't, I'm not going to stick there. I'm I'm just going to go back to the tools that I know work because okay, well, I don't have time. You're cutting edge. Uh, <laughs> so uh, well, I'll certainly include links to Sprout Social and uh, BuzzSumo in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. Um, but moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like to, you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, I wish that I would ask a lot more questions before I start. And I, I do this now, <laughs> but I would, I would ask a lot more questions about who it is they want to con contact, who they want to talk to. I would do a lot more searches to determine, you know, where are the people that we want to talk to? I don't think I did that very well in the beginning, although in the beginning, you know, we didn't have a lot to choose from. It was mm. pretty much forums and IRC. But even now with social media, I think that's the biggest mistake that people make is just going with what they're familiar with instead of really planning things out in a mindful way. Okay, just following their, their instincts rather than actually doing some proper market research. Not even following their instincts, following what their friends tell them they need. Because mm. there's always somebody willing to give you advice about what social network's going to be good for you or how you need to market your business. You're the only one who should be making that decision. So how do you go about making a decision like that now then? I do a lot of searches. I do a lot of thinking about where the network is. Um, a lot of it is is really groundwork, finding out where people are having those conversations, what their voices are like, sitting down with the client and saying, okay, how do we want to talk about this? What kind of corporate voice is there? And really importantly, what kind of content do you have or can you create to share with this network so that we'll have something to talk about. Right, okay. And um, what about advertising on social media? Are you actually a fan of, of doing that as well? Or do you prefer to just to focus on organic um, uh, 
natural communication with um, with whoever your followers are? I think advertising helps you get a foot in the door. Uh, if your network doesn't know you're there, then they're not going to find you. So you have to find some way to communicate with them. I will do a lot of, if I said searches a thousand times in the show, I will do a lot of searches and find people that I can share their information to attract them to the brand so that we don't have to do as many ads, but I will do ads to kick off an account. I will boost posts occasionally on Facebook in order to stay in the feeds and keep active in the feeds. But um, I'm not a big one for um, spending tons of money on advertising. And are you still a big fan of Facebook pages, even though organic reach is uh, going down significantly? You know, I think organic reach has gone down significantly, but we have accounts that are extremely viral and very active. And it's because they understand their networks and they really understand the people that they're talking to and they engage them. And so while some people say, you know, they're getting as low as 0.5% of engagement on a typical Facebook page, you know, we're seeing 10, even we saw 14% on, on one account. So it really is whether you're talking to people and you're keeping them engaged and, you know, you're being real and generous and authentic and all those things that, you know, I keep hammering are important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously Facebook have an algorithm that it uses to actually decide how big a reach to give the content that is shared on your page. You you mentioned, you know, interaction with users. Um, Are there any key things that you need to be actually focusing on in terms of metrics for to, to actually increase the likelihood that that post will become a little bit more viral? Well, if you take a look at the people who like your Facebook page, for example, Uh, go and look at their profiles. What do they like? What do they talk about? If they're talking about things in public, you're not really stalking them. You're trying to find out what their interests are. And then you can create content that caters to their interests instead of the things that you want to talk about. Uh, You know, there is no way that we will ever get over cute little kittens on Facebook. Everybody will share cute little kittens. Everybody will share quotes that are relevant to them. And so periodically working cute little kittens and quotes into your Facebook page, this is my big tip of the day, will actually get you uh, more engagement on your page. If you don't keep them engaged, Facebook thinks you're boring and they never see you again I thought until big, you boost. I thought your big tip of the day was actually look at profiles and see what people like and write content based on that. I thought that was a wonderful one. See, I'm just a font of great tips. Absolutely, and and they'll keep on coming, (laughs) I'm sure. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, Mm -hmm. just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Yes. Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Ooh, I'm going to use my both. Early doors for that. Affiliates or display advertising? Can I say neither? (laughs) (laughs) Display. Okay. Uh, Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Wow. Said tentatively. Online press press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Social SEO. Email contact form (laughs) or telephone number? Oh, email. Website or app? 
website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? I can't say both, can I? I guess <laughs> I'll have to say global. Yay! I was... Um, <laughs> I was thinking that uh, you were definitively going to say Facebook rather than Google Plus, but it was the other way around there. Really? So I, I hate Facebook. <laughs> I hate Facebook on so many levels. As a personal network, it's great. You know, you get to talk to your friends and your family across the country. Great, wonderful. And I have a lot of social media friends that, you know, I connect with on a regular basis. But as a network to do business on, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> And is it going to get any better or is it still going to be horrible in the future? I think it's still going to be horrible in the future. I think people will migrate away from it. I don't know where they're going to go because it doesn't look like it's going to be Google Plus. <laughs> but we'll have to figure something out. Well, Google Plus tried to revamp their um, platform with communities recently. But um, we'll wait with bated breath to see if that has any impact um, over the, mm. the coming few months. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that the general public are going to you know, jump towards it. It's, it's mainly just going to be niche groups, isn't it? Well, and you know what? That's okay because it really does have a lot of engagement within those groups. And I'm in quite a few groups um, and the engagement's very good and the format's very good. It's just not public. So nobody knows it's happening. So everybody thinks it's dead. And I said paid search or SEO and you said social SEO. What mm -hmm. does social SEO look like? I think social SEO is really working the, not necessarily the keywords, but the key phrases that you're interested in sending to your website into your social networks, because social drives a lot of traffic. Even if we don't always see how much traffic it is, it drives a lot of traffic. So social SEO has more importance to me than the traditional SEO that we used to do, well, you know, keyword stuffing and trying to put invisible text on the page and, and all of those things that we used to do. I didn't used to do that, of course. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the traditional SEO isn't as effective if it, if it isn't supported by social. I like, that was um, a long answer. I like modern SEO because that incorporates <laughs> um, signals and it also incorporates user experience and um, I, I I still like SEO and I, I get I get I don't know I get a bit defensive about SEO because I've been involved with SEO. <laughs> Everybody who likes yes. SEO gets a bit defensive about <laughs> SEO. <laughs> uh, maybe we should just move on. <laughs> the ten thousand dollar question. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> we could have a fight on Blab. That's that's what we do on. Blab. We'll have a prop fight. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sure you you're winning that one. Yes. Oh, wait, here. I'm kidding. <laughs> so if I was to give you ten thousand dollars <throat> and you had to spend over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure success? I would probably send it spend it on search tools. Maybe I'd spend it on SEO, but probably search tools. Search tools. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, d d define search tools a little bit more. Uh, tools like BuzzSumo, for okay. example. Uh, there are a lot of very advanced search tools that, you know, because of my business level with mid-level businesses, I can't afford the expensive toys. So I'd probably spend it on the expensive toys, get as much data as I could, and then run with it. There's some lovely inexpensive tools out there. I, I think a lot of 
so-called enterprise-level tools try and position themselves as actually offering absolutely everything um, yeah. to the enterprise level. But um, it's not as good as actually putting all these little tools together and uh, really knowing what's happening behind the scenes, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Isn't that mega dashboard just kind of like the holy grail that we've always thought we wanted, but then you get it? Because I, I work with some Fortune 500 companies too, and I see that they get them and they don't know what to do with them. So, you know, like I said, I do a lot of search, I'd get all the toys and I'd take my bag and go home. Absolutely. And and then it needs uh, five consultants to actually get it implemented in the business. <laughs> and then so many people in the organization understand how it works. And then those people leave and then it's <laughs> people are left with this bit of software that no one knows how it actually works. <laughs> and then they talk about the poor guy that came up with the idea to go get the data because he's long gone and nobody knows what to do with it. And they paid for it. Yeah. And they just see it as yeah. $100,000. <laughs> the... Anyway, yes. <laughs> Moving on to my number one takeaway. So, Janet, you've offered a lot of great advice in a conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement within their own businesses? Listen, 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 and then listen some more because we really need to be paying attention more to what our customer wants than what we want to tell them. Listen, 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 right hook. That would, be a good, that, that would be a good book, wouldn't it? So. Call Gary B. <laughs> well, I reckon that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? You can find me at Janet at JanetFouts.com. That's my email address or my website, JanetFouts.com. Or my book's website, which is MindfulSocialMarketing.com. Great stuff. Well, thanks to Janet and also thanks to you, dear listener, too. If you enjoyed what Janet shared today, here's how you can help. Go and get your friend's iPhone, go to the podcast app and search for Digital Marketing Radio. Click on the show and then hit the subscribe button and make them listen too. And finally, I'm also hosting another live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. But um, that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios. And thanks so much, Janet. Uh, great discussion. Thanks for joining me. Great to be here. Thank you.